This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 39 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life. It happens in sports. And I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm happy to be with you this morning as we talk about the mental side of sports as we do every week. You know, I look forward to doing this show because we get to get into conversations about you, your mind, your attitude, your focus, your demeanor, sportsmanship, parents, coaches, referees, success and failure, winning and losing. And I love doing this show to get into these conversations. I have been in practice in my 40th year as a sports psychologist here in the Kansas City area. Love doing this show. Uh, Beginning of January, first Sunday in January, I will be beginning my 30th consecutive year on the radio and my 20th year at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Um, Really looking forward to another year. And one of my goals is, God willing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it for 50 years if I can make it that long. I'll be 66 in nine days. or eight, Wait, eight days. I'm getting old. Got to get my math right. Eight days. So I figure if I, if I make it to 50 years, I'll be, at my, I'll be 86 if I still have a radio voice. I'll be doing it. Anyway, I love doing this show because we talk about you. We talk about your mindset, your attitude, your focus, your demeanor. And on that show... The I believe it's January 3rd, Sunday, January 3rd. I'm going to have a guest who is a good friend, but he also happens to be the very first guest on the very first show I ever had back in 1992 when I started it. The show was called The Mental Power Hour on KMBZ here in Kansas City. My guest was Alan Mayer. Uh, Alan was the goalkeeper for the Kansas City Comets at the time. He was one of the most successful goalkeepers in American soccer history. He played internationally, played all over the place on, on all-star teams. And Alan's one of the best people I've ever known. Alan is going to come back on my show as I begin my 30th year. And we're going to talk about his career. We're going to talk about sports, how it's changed, what's different about the mental aspect of it. He's become very successful in life after he continued playing. He's coached. He's been in business. He's raised three kids. He's got grandkids. He's, he's been a very successful individual. Married to a lovely woman named Kathy. Who They're great people. And Alan's going to come on my show and talk about what's changed in the last 30 years. I think it'll be a fun show. So that's going to be Sunday, January 3rd. So beginning of my 30th year on the radio. You know, as we wind down 2000, well, 2020, you know, Mental health has been brought up all over the place now as such an important topic to discuss. And it's maybe more important now than ever to recognize how important psychology is. I've talked about it forever. A lot of people have 
quite frankly, told me where I could stick it when I've talked about the importance of the mental side of sports. I've shared many times when I first moved back to Kansas City from graduate school in 1981, I interviewed at several of the smaller colleges here in the Kansas City area to work, and the athletic director at one of the small colleges, as he threw his cape over his shoulder, said, what you're talking about is hocus pocus and witchcraft, we don't need that here. He was an older gentleman, and he did not get anything I was saying. When I stopped at the Olympic Training Center on my drive back from San Diego, I interviewed with one of the heads, the assistant of sports medicine there, and he said, we don't need any of you PhD types running around here telling us what's wrong with our athletes. We don't have these issues. That was in August of 1981. In June, the following year, I got hired to start working with the cycling team, work with them for eight years because they needed a psychologist. You're seeing now in the world of professional sports and collegiate sports, sports psychology experts working. Of course, this field is diverse now. There are people who are licensed psychologists like me, and then there are all kinds of other people, mental training experts, mental performance coaches, all kinds of people doing this. But there is a need for it. And it's not just at the professional level, it's all the way down. And considering the, the crisis this country, the world has been in this year, counseling is needed more than ever. Now, I'm a little bit biased because this is what I do. But I believe it strongly. Marco, let me ask you a question. Okay, my, my producer here. Do you think mental health has become more prominent now in discussions with people, and especially in the world of sports? Oh, yeah, 100%. Why? Why do you think that? I think that the awareness has gotten up there. Um, I think that... Um, the, I think since shut up and dribble and now seeing that athletes are more than just a player, they're humans, um, which means that they have human emotions. I think that that itself has helped um, gain awareness about mental health in a sports aspect. Um, you talk about uh, just recently, um, Deion Sanders at Jackson State just flipped a offensive lineman commit from Florida to Jackson State. Uh, that right there, not mental health, but the sports psychology itself of um, players now choosing, you know, an HBCU over a Power Five school based on the head coach. Um, you're start you're starting to learn more about call about you know you talk about more than the professional level, the high school level, finding that right fit for an athlete when they go on to that next stage um, in their career, which is collegiate, which is collegiate. Well. The last two weeks, my shows have talked about behavior. Last week, I talked about a U9 football coach in, who, from Georgia who was playing in Kissimmee, Florida, and slapped a young man on his team, not once, but twice. That man has now been banned from coaching. He should never be allowed to coach again. In my opinion, a man who hits a kid should not ever be allowed to coach again. He can get all the He needs counseling, but he nonetheless should never be allowed to coach again. The week before, two weeks ago, I talked about a high school football player in Texas at a state championship game who, after being ejected for unsportsmanlike conduct and roughing the passer, then from the sideline ran onto the field and leveled, flattened the referee, gave him a concussion. That young man was, was you know, sent to jail. He's been charged with assault. The team was, was had to forfeit their game. The coach has been suspended. There's all kinds of problems. Yeah, I, Me- I forgot about that, yeah. Mental health is more important now from every let's face it we're all we're all frustrated with this the the pandemic the economic crisis the the stress we're all under and now it's the holiday season this is a time to be with families be with people and we're being told 
to shelter in place, to stay away from people. It's difficult, and we need to do that for safety reasons because this, this crisis is, is very real and it's scary. And I have had a lot of people come talk to me. They're scared. You know, people are scared to play sports. They're scared to be in contact with people because they don't want to get sick. They don't want to spread it to their, their elderly family members it's it's a problem yeah and you know the timeline also it's we've been we've been in it for almost a year now it's crazy to talk about how the new year's coming around and that we've been in you know in a quarantine uh for almost 12 months and yeah the good thing is there, there are vaccines now out there i know my mother is going to be getting one she's in assisted living and she's going to be getting one in this next week and so there there is hope around the corner for that but what i want to talk about today is how important mental health is in life, not just sports, but in life. And I want to open up the phone lines here and have you call in. If you're struggling, if you're, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, let's see if I can help you out. Especially in sports, now more than ever, the importance of talking, communicating, sharing, discussing with your coaches, with your teammates, with your family is important. So I'd like to hear from you. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a parent, how have you been handling all this? Are you scared, scared to play your games? Are you scared to be in competitions? Let's talk about it. How are you doing mentally? How are you handling everything as the year rounds up, finishes up, and we start a new year? This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. How do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? 
Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week. Our shows are rebroadcast around the country on a number of stations throughout the week. They're podcasted all over the place on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Spotify. So if you can't listen now or you know some friends who you'd like to have listened to this, get them to uh, go on one of those podcast you know, areas or go to my website, winnersunlimited.com or here at Sports Radio 810WHB, 810WHB.com and click on the podcast. Today's show is about the importance of mental health. Being that we're finishing up 2020, thank goodness, going into 2021. And I know everybody is going to be happy to have this year over with. Um, I hope you're doing all right. I hope your family's doing all right. It's been a rough year for everybody. And I know I know a, a, a close family friend who got the virus and fortunately has recovered. She was very sick in a hospital, had to go on oxygen at home afterwards. It's a scary time. How we feel about ourselves is important. And talking to someone about how you feel and how you're dealing with things is what this show is about today. So I'd like to hear from you. If you need to talk to someone, would like to talk to someone, maybe you've been scared to, give me a call. If you're a coach, you're a parent, you're an athlete, play sports, but maybe you've been a little bit down. Maybe you've been a little bit scared. Maybe this whole thing's freaked you out. The whole scenario, it's freaking a lot of people out. I don't want to be around people. I know there are people who won't, won't be around other people because they're scared to catch, to catch the virus. There are people who are scared to play sports for fear of something happening. They don't want to bring something home. I've had a number of 
athletes I've worked with, professional athletes who've opted out, a couple of professional athletes I've worked with, NFL players I've worked with, didn't play this year because they felt like it wasn't safe. And I've had a number of players. I have one NFL player I've worked with who did catch COVID-19. He had to sit out two weeks. Fortunately, one of the weeks was during his bye, and he's back. He's fine. He, he lost his sense of taste and smell for a while, but all that's come back, and he's doing fine. He's on a team where there have been a number of cases, as there have been on most teams. And he, and he, he said, Doc, talk. He, he, when he called me and told me he had it, he said, Doc, man, I got to talk, man. I'm, I'm scared. This is a grown man. NFL, he's a defensive player, lineman, big dude. Okay, you look at him, you know, he's going to be scared of anything. Come on. He's like, Doc, and he said, Doc, I'm scared. I hope I don't get really sick. And we talked through it, and fortunately he didn't. He quarantined himself, and he's fine now. He's back playing again. He's doing great, actually, fortunately for him. But he had to deal with this. You know, there's nothing wrong in going to talk to someone. This week I had a young man in my office, a wrestler, a young wrestler, who's 11 years old. Second session I've seen him with his parents. And I'm going to do a little promo for myself. They, they bought my book, which I co-wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone. Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports. And the parents hadn't read the book because they gave it to the head coach of this club. The head coach of the club then read the book and is now sending out quotes from the book all over their club. But there's a coach in that club who needs to read my book really badly because this coach criticized these people for bringing their son to me and made fun of him for that. I said, come on, really? You got to go talk to a shrink? You know, man, your son just got to toughen up. Well, that's what he said. And then their son competed in a national tournament, got fifth out of 32 people, which is tremendous. Although I don't, really understand why 11-year-olds need to be competing in national tournaments. That's a whole other topic. And this coach made fun of him because he didn't get first. So I told these parents, you need to have a conversation with this coach and you need to put him in his place. And I would, quite frankly, if that was me, I'd talk to the head coach who is very supportive of mental health and say, we got to have a conversation about how he coaches our son because if this is how he is, he's not coaching our son anymore. In fact, he shouldn't be coaching at all if he makes fun of people for not coming in first place and you're 11 years old. You know, how much of an impact will that have later in life? Does that get you depressed? Does that get you down? You know, I mentioned the last the shows from the last two weeks about the football, the high school football player level, the referee, and the U9 football coach in Florida who slapped a kid on his team twice. Controlling your emotions, controlling your behavior is so important. You know, in professional sports, We've had all kinds of stories. This past year, earlier this year, Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Cowboys, came out and talked about how he was depressed because his brother had died. Committed suicide, I believe. And he talked about the anxiety and depression he felt. So Skip Bayless, probably more so, more so than ever, just wanting more attention, writes this column about how Dak Prescott's not a leader because he admitted he was suffering from depression. I did a show about that earlier this year. And I met Skip Bayless when I was at Vanderbilt University. And I interviewed to 
work on the radio at WRVU. I remember meeting him, interviewing with him, because he was there as well. He was uh, worked for the Hustler, the newspaper, and he also had something to do with the, with the radio years ago. But I did meet him. And Skip Bayless likes, obviously, likes to be controversial and say what he wants to say. Well, that's his job. Okay, but to insult somebody because they went and got help, that's that's absurd. Okay? So you can, you can criticize someone for whatever, but you don't criticize somebody for going and talking to a therapist or talking about his depression or anxiety just because he's a professional athlete. Michael Phelps has come out and admitted all the struggles he's had with depression and drinking. You know, there's, a, there's, an app, there's an app called Talkspace that he promotes very heavily. I'm actually applying to be a provider for. You've got Kevin Love came out a couple years ago with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He had an anxiety attack in a game. And they, they didn't know what was going on. He came out of the game. He couldn't breathe. They took him into the locker room. They had to send him to the, the, the hospital in the ER because they didn't know what was going on. They did all these tests. There was nothing wrong with him physically because it was anxiety. He's now become a strong advocate for mental health with athletes. DeMar DeRozan revealed he had depression and anxiety in February 2018. He hoped admitting that would help others speak out. To quote him, it's one of those things that no matter how indestructible we look like we are, we're all human at the end of the day. We've all got feelings, and sometimes it gets the best of you where times everything in the whole world on top of you. He made people reflect about it. If you're suffering silently like I was, then you know how it can feel like nobody gets it, Kevin Love said. Partly I want to do it for me, but mostly I want to do it for other people to talk about mental health, and boys and men are probably the furthest behind talking about it. You know, here's the deal. Mental health, you can't measure it. You can't quantify it. You can only feel it. But talking about your feelings is maybe more important than ever now. I'd like to hear from you. If you're depressed, if you're anxious, you're, you're struggling with this, give me a call. Let's talk about it. See if there's something I can help you out with. This is an issue we all need to get into. And if you're a man, you're a human. You know, men are, you know, they're tough guys. They're big, strong. They've got feelings. They're people. We're all people. I've had many professional athletes come in this studio and talk with me over the years and talk about it. Sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, give me a call and let's talk. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development, our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio.
One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. America, your children have an amazing superpower. They can help save lives by not having playdates. That's right. By replacing get-togethers with virtual playdates and video chats, they can help slow the evil spread of germs. And if your superheroes do go outside, make sure they continue their superhero wing by staying six feet away from others to protect everyone in America land. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Good morning, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB, Kansas City. I'm here every week talk about the mental side of sports and today I'm talking about excuse me the importance of mental health in sports have you ever been stressed out you've been depressed have you been over anxious how do you handle it how do you deal with your feelings how do you control your behavior you know we have situations where these issues go on and self-control is so important you know officials and, and, and I'd love to hear if you're an official, okay? If you're a referee, an umpire. I've had many call this show over the years. I've interviewed some. 
how do you handle yourself? Because let's face it, if, if you're an official, you're in a thankless job. If you're an umpire, referee, the only time you're noticed is when you screw up. You know, in St. Louis, Don Denkinger will never be welcomed in that city. Back in the 85 World Series for the call on, on George Ord at first base, where he called him safe when replays actually showed he was out, but thank, thankfully as a Royals fan, he was safe. Royals went on to win the World Series. That doesn't happen. The Cardinals probably would have won. You have referees who are controversial, and they're all, you're, you're only noticed if you screw up or you make a mistake or you make a bad call, quote-unquote, if the team thinks you've made a bad call. Years ago, there was a high school football game in the Kansas City area between Lawrence High School and I believe it was Shawnee Mission West. Mark Mangino was the head football coach at KU. Mark Mangino is a very large man. He was on the sidelines with the Lawrence football team where he wasn't supposed to be, but he's there anyway. Parents aren't supposed to be down on the sidelines. Well, because he's the KU football coach, he thought he could do that. Well, his son's playing quarterback. He got leveled on a clean play. The game ended, and he then ran after the referees. They went into a, a like a metal hut locker room, and he was trying to knock knock the place down. This is well documented. And Mangino never really apologized for that. That referee, the head referee, was on my show the next week just coincidentally. He said, Doc, I was scared to death. I mean, he's, that's a large man. He came after me. It, it was scary. You know, I'm going to keep refereeing, but, you know, I've got to got to be careful with that type of stuff. What would your response be to parents that, you know, say that they, oh, I pay, I pay for, I pay for my son to play. I pay, I'm paying, I'm paying like, you know, I'm paying for the referee basically because I pay the league fee. What it, what, because that's something that's, I've seen raised up. I worked as a referee before with uh, soccer. Okay. And, okay. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. 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 Did you ever get yelled at? Of course. Of course you did. And, and like for what? Bad calls, uh, not not making a call for making a bad call, um, for once not giving a coach a timeout. <laughs> and and, and, and Marco, how old were these kids you were, were refing? It was a U eight league, eight years of age. Yep, yep. Why? See, I and and that's why I bring up they they would tell me too is like I pay I pay my for my kid to be in this league. I they feel like they have a right to speak. They have that they have that they can speak their mind when they can. I asked. Yesterday, a high school baseball player, second time I've seen him, what's the main reason you play sports? Because well, he enjoys playing them. Well, you know, to, to, to learn and grow, I said, but right, but what should be the main reason you play? To have fun. Okay, when you're a kid, it should be about having fun, learning fundamentals, learning skills, developing and growing. I, I've never met anyone who wants to lose. Well, I, I take that back. I did meet, there was a Major League Baseball player once that threw a game because he wanted to lose, but that's different. I mean, most people don't want to lose. They want to succeed. They want to, want to win. But that's a result of the effort you put in. And the effort you put in is more a result of how much fun you have with it and how much you're growing. There's no reason at a U8 soccer game for parents to be attacking a referee. There just is no reason for that. They're eight years of age. The reason we wrote our book and the, 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 the catalyst for me to, to write the book 
Just let him play. And, and the reason I asked Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone to write it with me because I, I, I knew Jeff from being the Royals sports psychologist in 1990. And then he coached my older son, Jonathan, when he retired. I worked with Pete's Kansas City Blazers teams for 27 years. He, and my younger son, Gregory, went through the whole program and he coached him as well. One of biggest, Pete's biggest challenges with my son because Gregory's got a very strong ego. But, but I asked them both to write the book with me because they coached my kids and I respected the way they coached as well as their successes. And we talk so much in there about, yeah, you want to win. I don't know anybody who plays sports and wants to lose. I haven't met anybody who really wants to lose. But that's a, winning and losing are results. It's the effort you put into it and how you feel about yourself. So that's where I think, you know, at eight years of age, Marco, it, a parent shouldn't be screaming at a referee. I mean, if you're screwing up as a referee, after a game, parent come up and say, hey, can I talk to you about a couple of those calls you made? I'm, I'm wondering what's going on. That's fine. Or have the coach, actually, the coach is the one who should talk to referees. Parents shouldn't. But that's where the coach needs to pull the parents in. And that's where sportsmanship. So we talk about mental health. We talk about sportsmanship. Sportsmanship needs to be at the top of the list for kids' sports and high school sports. Okay? You know, it needs to be there for everybody but especially for younger ages. But I see these people traveling all over the country and seven and eight-year-olds playing in these competitions and doing these tournaments and whatever. It's the way it is now. It's not going to change. Okay. But it should be about having fun, learning, and growing and dealing with feelings, dealing with understanding. And then if, if you're an official or a referee or an umpire, okay, you're going to get blasted by somebody for something you do or say because they don't like it. 100% agree. Oh, yeah. So, when, let me ask you then. So, you had a parent yell at you at a U8 game. Yeah. Uh, soccer mul- game. Multiple times. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. How did that make, let's, let me ask you. How did that make you feel? How did you react to that? And how did you move on from that? Or, or, or I'm just assuming you did, but, but how'd you react? Uh, you know, you freeze up because uh, it's not it's not high school or it's not uh, adults work referee in the U8 games. It's, you know, middle schoolers, high schoolers. It's kids, too, that are responsible for officiating the game. So you kind of freeze up because you're supposed to be the person of authority on the field. But someone twice your age, three times your age is, you know, putting is yell is yelling at you or you see them getting angry. You just kind of lock up as a as and you kind of just close up and. You just kind of uh, don't. You kind of you kind of second guess yourself as an official. You kind of question. You know, is this even worth being here right now? Like having to do having to do this and listen to these parents. Uh, it, it it makes you it makes it makes it makes you freeze up and just go inside your head. And that's where I think, you know, understanding yourself is important. Understanding your feelings is important. Understanding how to deal with all that is important. And that's why, you know. We, we talk about getting ready to play, getting ready to compete, and the importance of your mindset is so, so much there. And that's where mental health comes in. I mean, athletes, referees, coaches, or people, you know, and you've got to deal with all this. You have to deal with all this. And you've, you've got to deal with how you feel. You've got to deal with how you respond, how you react. You've got to deal with all these things. And so, you're human beings. You can do all the physical training there is to get ready to play, but how much mental training do you do? How much psychological training do you do? And how are you dealing with how you feel? You can be the, the you know, the most 
physically conditioned athlete there is on your team. But if mentally you're not together, you're not dealing with your feelings, it ain't going to matter. So I'd love to hear from you. If you're a coach or a referee or an official, you're a parent, how much does the psychological component affect how you feel, how you play, how you compete, how you are? It's a rough time out there. Hopefully we're going to see light at the end of the tunnel with the pandemic and everything coming on now that we have vaccines. But it's going to take a while to get there. So it's still frustrating and stressful. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com slash radio. That's winnersunlimited.com slash radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com slash radio. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has prediabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.
This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Happy holidays to you. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. I'm here every week on Sports Radio 810 WHB, and our shows are rebroadcast around the country. Today's topic, I've been talking about mental health. Love to hear from you. If, if you are in the sports environment, sports world, you're a fan, you're a coach, you're an athlete, you're a parent, you're an official, administrator. How important is, is the psychological aspect of sports to you? And if you've ever been down in the dumps, depressed, stressed, anxious, how's that affected the way you've competed, the way you've coached, the way you've dealt with people? I have, a, <clears throat> I, have, excuse me, I have a saying, you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with a stronger mind will be the one who will come out on top. So what's it mean to have a stronger mind? What is a stronger mind? I think a lot of it is about having some grounding with yourself, understanding what you're about, who you are, what your goals are, what your strengths are, your weaknesses, what stresses you, what you're afraid of. How do you cope with those things? How do you respond to those? How do you react to those? You know, I've mentioned earlier in the show how many famous athletes are talking about their behaviors, their, their, their attitudes, their mindsets. I mean, Kevin Love when, you know, plays on the Cavaliers when they won the NBA championship when LeBron James was there and talks about having anxiety attacking the game because he never really dealt with his feelings. Well, he's a stud athlete. Now, you know, they're big, tough guys. They don't need to deal with that. That's the, that's the mantra. That's the mindset that there is. Mental health, the psychological component of who we all are, makes us who we are. You can be strong. You can be you know, physically gifted. But if your mind isn't together, if you're not relaxed and focused on yourself, you don't have a good grasp of who you are, it's not going to work. I mean, you hear, you see all these athletes who lose control of their emotions under pressure. They crack. Then you see these athletes under pressure. They perform great. I mean, a little bit biased being here in Kansas City. Let's let's take Patrick Mahomes. Let's take George Brett. I got to know George Brett when I worked for I was the Royals' first sports psychologist in 1990. Maybe the first full-time sports psychologist in baseball, actually. And that year, George Brett won his third batting title. I got to watch him throughout the whole year. I was there full-time. I got to see how he dealt with things. And he handled things really well. I mean, George, George, uh, George Brett, to me, is the epitome of a professional athlete. He put out 100% every game. And everybody on that team talked to me. He talked to me. Everybody talked to me at some point. Took, took him a while. Took guys a while because, oh, we got to shrink. I don't know about this guy. Well, eventually, pretty much everybody at the team would talk to me about something. Because I was just there as like one of the coaches, just the mental coach. Later on, when I was working with the Royals a few years later, I got the title by Mark Tien as brain coach. Just there to help guys with their mindsets, deal with how they feel. A lot of guys would deal with fear. A lot of guys would deal with personal issues. A lot of guys would deal with anxiety, pressure. When you play sports at a high level, there is pressure on you to perform. I work with several professional athletes right now and I've encouraged all of them to get off of social media during the season. 
Don't listen to it. Don't read it. Don't pay attention to it. And you know why? Because if they screw up, the stuff they get is sick. I've seen it. I've seen, they've shown me, guys have shown me the, the things people say about them because they dropped a pass or missed a kick or, or made a bad tackle or, or struck out or missed a shot or whatever. And all these people will just ream them. You suck, you're terrible, and all kinds of other things. Why do you, and of course, then when they do great, then they're, oh, you're the greatest person ever. You know, gosh, I want to meet you. I want you to marry my daughter. I mean, it's all this stuff. And it's like, who are these people? They don't know who you are. They don't know you. They just see you as the person that does something athletically. They don't know you as a person. And so if you start to spend too much time focusing on what all these people are saying about you, you're going to lose perspective of who you are. You can either get a big ego or your ego gets deflated. And it's really about how you feel about yourself. You know, for a number of years, Nick Lauer, the Chiefs' former kicker, was co-host of my show for about three or four years. He would call in from Arizona, which is where he lived. And we talked about this. Nick worked with me for, gosh, what, 13 years. Last 13 years, he kicked in the NFL. When he retired, he was the most accurate kicker in football history, and he kicked more field goals than anybody in football. And quite frankly, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm a little bit biased on that. He was the best kicker in football, but he'll never get in the Hall of Fame because the Chiefs didn't, you know, get to the Super Bowl. He didn't make any huge kicks under pressure in the Super Bowl, so therefore, you know, he's not going to. There are only two kickers in the Hall of Fame, Jan Stenerud and Morton Anderson. Adam Vinatieri will go in there soon. Because kickers, you know, they're not looked on that way. Well, guess what? They've got feelings too. They got to do Nick would talk about it. I remember one time he missed a kick against the, the then Houston Oilers. It was a 19-yard field goal. And he made a 50-something-yard field goal early in the game. The Chiefs lost by less than three points. The only kick is his entire career he missed under 20 yards. And it wasn't at the end of the game. It was somewhere earlier in the game. He came back here. And then that night, he and I went, went out to get something to eat. And then we stopped at a 7-Eleven. And he's in the 7-Eleven getting something as I had picked him up. And this lady is behind him in line. And as he's paying for something, I'm watching all this from my car. And she taps on the shoulder. She starts pointing her finger at him, starts. And I'm like, what is she, what is she saying to him? And he's talking with her. And then he ends up hugging her. And then he ends up paying for whatever she had. And he came out. And I said, what, what, what can I have the store? I said, what was, what was all that about? He said, well. She's standing there and she goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're that Nick Lowry guy. You're that, you missed that 19-yard field goal today. We lost the game because you missed that kick. How could you miss that kick? So she started saying, and he goes, you're right. I missed it. I picked my head up. I didn't concentrate. You're supposed to do that. He goes, you're right. But did you see the 52-yard or whatever it was, that 50-something yarder I made? Yeah, but you're supposed to make all those. And then he said, you're right, I screwed up, but I'm human. I'm, I make mistakes. I don't make every kick. I'd like to make every kick. And then he said something to her about what, after what she did, and she was screwed up, and she's like, well, yeah. And then she goes, yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that to you. And then he gave her a hug, and he bought her, bought her whatever she's buying. And then she said, you know what? You're a good guy. Well, athletes are people. 
They've got feet. You know, I said, how'd that make you feel? He goes, it bothered me. You know, I wish I hadn't missed that kick. Obviously, it bothered him. He said, it's going to happen. I mean, I've, I've, I've been with athletes, the Olympic team, professional teams, college teams. They screw up, and they, and they worry about what people are going to say to them. I've seen people get booed, get yelled at, get cursed at, called names because they make a mistake. Mental health is more important now than ever. And because of this pandemic and the the economic crisis and everything we're going through right now, you need to talk about your feelings with someone. It could be your spouse, your kids, your parents, your uncle, your aunt, friend, a therapist. Don't be afraid to talk with someone. Don't be afraid to talk about your fears. Don't be afraid to talk about your feelings. Don't be afraid to talk. Share. I've been in this profession for 40 years and in grad school 45 years, actually, because I had five years of internships. And I can tell you right now, it helps to talk about how you feel. It helps to discuss your feelings. And you can be the strongest, fastest, most athletic person on the field, but you're still a person, you're still a human being, and you need to deal with that. I don't care if you're a coach, you're a parent, you're a referee, you're an athlete, you're an umpire, an administrator, talk about how you feel. Mental health is more important now than ever. So deal with it and handle it. I hope today you got something out of this show if you're listening to it. Tell your friends to listen to the podcast. They're on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Spotify, all the apps. It's rebroadcast here as a podcast at Sports Radio 810WHB. Just go to 810WHB.com. They're on my website, winnersunlimited.com, under podcasts. You can also get a hold of me at my office at 816-561-5556. I talk to athletes all over the world now with FaceTime and Zoom. Follow me on Twitter at, at DRJSportsPsych. My email is drj at winnersunlimited.com. Stay safe. Have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas to everybody. Later this week, we'll be celebrating it. I'll be back next week with a special guest. And then the week after, start my 30th year on radio here at Sports Radio at 10 WHB in Kansas City. Stay well. Happy holidays. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com. I'm Dr. Andrew Jacobs. As a sports psychologist with 38 years of experience, I've worked with athletes, coaches, parents, and officials, assisting them at learning how to handle issues like sportsmanship, self-confidence, developing a positive realistic attitude, and achieving maximum performance. I want more people to know about the importance of having fun, learning from failure, and that winning is about doing your best. That's why I created the Sportsmanship Foundation, a 501c3 educational organization dedicated to promoting and educating parents and athletes about the role of good sportsmanship in our development. Our priority is to help bring back the fun into youth sports. If you're interested in learning more or making a donation, go to winnersunlimited.com radio. That's winnersunlimited.com radio. Doing your best, having fun, and becoming a winner. The Sportsmanship Foundation at winnersunlimited.com radio. Olivia, from Washington. 
laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger, from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel, from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna, from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha, from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by End Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council.